You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. This is Amy Poehler. My new movie, Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2, is coming to theaters June 14th. And it's making me feel joy and sadness and anger. Definitely some disgust. Rose. And I think a little fear. But I'm also feeling these new emotions like anxiety, embarrassment, envy, and ennui. It's what you call the boredom. Okay, that one was weird. It's going to be the feel-everything movie of the summer. Disney and Pixar's Inside Out 2. Rated PG. Parental guidance suggested. Only in theaters June 14th. Get tickets now. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to Creative Quarantine. I'm your host, Angelique Roche. And today we sat down with artist, activist, artivist, aerialist, and all-around conscious social activism content creator Sarah Sophie Flicker uh, who is from Brooklyn New York that's where she lives and we talked about how she's adjusting her creative schedule her activism schedule and adjusting to being a parent of three while self-isolating and following CDC guidelines in order to slow down the spread of COVID-19, which is particularly important in New York right now, since New York State is actually the number one for new cases. And I think it was just an absolutely amazing conversation. It was extremely frank, um, but also gave a lot of tips and a lot of suggestions of how folks can really rethink where they are right now, but also reach out to their neighbors and help by socially distancing and still give back to those who need it the most right now. So check out this cool conversation. I hope it inspires you as much as it inspired me. Hey, we're live. I love the fact that you're adjusting the mic. This makes me, oh my God, you look great. Hi, everybody. You are watching here quarantine. Uh, I am here with actually, again, another one of my favorite people, um, amazing performer, director, producer, creative director, aerialist, but most importantly, a full-time activist, Sarah Sophie Flicker. How are you, Sarah? Um, you know, it's hard to answer these that question right now, don't you think? Like, because if I'm honest, we're doing okay over here. I mean, um, and I know that we're doing okay, and a lot of the okayness comes with a lot of privilege. Like we have a, everyone has their own bedroom. I mean, I do share my bedroom with my partner, but um, you know, the kids have bedrooms that they can go into. We have one of our best friends who we consciously coupled with um, knowing that we were going to be in this situation. So we all made that decision together as a family. And it's definitely nice to have like somebody over here who's not a regular family. Um, we're doing okay. How are you doing? I'm doing great. Uh, I am doing the same thing. I am with family uh, and uh, I am sadly not in New York, but I am New York adjacent and uh, it's a, uh, it's, it's different and it's, it's, it is definitely unique and different. And I, that's why I really love that we're getting this opportunity to do creative quarantine and really talk to creatives who are building kind of a microcosm, right? So it's no longer the microcosm of New York it's the microcosm inside the microcosm of New York, which is 
your close space, your, your family. And, you know, for, as a creative, like how have you seen in the last, because you've also had to be creative as a parent Uh, to be clear, you were the first parent uh, on the show um, and (laughs) you, been homeschooling right we have yeah um I mean I have a lot to say about the parenting aspect of it and you know I I think the main thing I would say is we're all learning together on this and um everyone parents give yourselves a break you don't have to do this perfectly none of us have done this before if it's too much then take a step back you know our kids um you know I'm so grateful for the teachers right now. Like the what the teachers have managed to do in this short period of time is nothing short of a miracle. And um, they are first responders, just like the grocery clerks, the sanitation workers, the nurses, the doctors, um, the delivery people. Like those are our frontline people, and the teachers are certainly part of that. But I would also say, like, it's okay if you don't get entire. Um, lesson plan for the day. It's okay if it's too much and you need to step away. I mean, that's definitely part of what's been keeping us sane over here. Well, for you, like, what do you feel like has been kind of, because you did this, we, we kind of talked back and forth last week about doing this slight adjustment, right? Like what, what have you seen has been for you, the things that have worked, not worked, kind of worked, just you have no clue if it's working yet. Like for those parents out there who are kind of figuring this out right now, what what have you been seeing? Um, I mean, so I, as I was telling you right before we went live, that was my dad FaceTiming me. Are you yes, dad. I see you right now. Uh-oh. Oh, no, where'd you go? Hold on. I think I'm by myself on the show right now. No, Hi. you're here. You're here. I see you. I'm here. For some reason, it's, it's acting a little wonky. Denmark. Denmark is doing it right. If you want a model of a government that's doing it right, I am happy to supply some articles on what Denmark's doing because we should be advocating for some of the same stuff. Um, what? What? The question was, what has been working and what hasn't been working? Mm-hmm. Um. Well, I mean, the biggest heartbreak that has not worked, and if anybody, we could crowdsource this in this moment, um, because I think this is a great moment to be crowdsourcing ideas. So as you know, um, after the Women's March, a few of us founded a chorus called the Resistance Revival Chorus. And um, not only, you know, do we love to sing together, but we've just really become a very tight community. And we, you know, if you saw our signal thread, um, it would be scary. (laughs) There's a lot of messages, but it's just this very supportive, involved community. And and we really um, talk a lot and sing a lot together. So we thought, oh, we'll just go on Zoom and sing together. Um, And this has been the big heartbreak of the last week and a half or so. I didn't know because I'm not a tech person that you can't, um, because of different Wi-Fi speeds, I guess, you can't sing as a chorus together because every time we've tried, everyone's voices are coming in at slightly different times. Like the very first time we tried it, it was um, Zakia Ansari's birthday, which was like the first day of like the official, you know, stay home decree. 
And so we were trying to sing her happy birthday. No, you can't. So, and then we realized we were trying to do, um, cons you know, digital concerts, virtual concerts, and we still haven't figured out how to do that. So we did a variety show, like our, um, this was our creative quarantine. We did a variety show last Saturday. We're doing another one this Saturday at nine o'clock. You can find out all about it at the Resistance Revival Chorus across all platforms. And it was beautiful because instead of singing together, we had people in their homes, you know, we, ha we had someone do a grounding exercise. We had people sing, you know, acapella. We had people who have musicians in their homes and they played together. I read a poem because it happened to be um, World Poetry Day. And it was beautiful. And like 5,000 people watched it. So, That's you know, incredible. really cool. Um, another awesome creative thing that I'm seeing happening is um, my friend Nalini, Nalini Stamp, who I um, founded the chorus with, is sort of spearheading a virtual rally. So sort of like a, a march or a protest, but it'll be a virtual rally on Sunday. And um, I can, I'll send you more information about it, but it's called the People's Bailout. And um, basically advocating for, you know, all the things that everybody needs in this moment, you know, and a lot of things have been left out of the relief packages that we've been seeing. So it will be addressing things like that, but we're gonna try to do a virtual rally and we're gonna have music and signs and colors and a hashtag, you know, and all the things that we did for all the various, you know, protests and marches we've done in the past. And I think, that, well, I think that's so important, right? Like this idea, and this is what I love, like we met during the Hillary Clinton campaign, like we met uh, many moons ago uh, yeah. at another time and place uh, before lots of things happened. <laughs> and you've always been so innately um, attuned to this is what I believe is right. I'm going to fight with what I have. I am going to fight with what I know. And I'm going to fight with love and with creativity. And it's such a beautiful way of doing things. But I also feel like that's the part of you that has been in New York for so long. Like you are key core, like you are New York, like you love New York. Um, Don't you love New York so much right now? I New York is New York is fighting. I, I love the fact that New York um, is being the most vocal in, in, in understanding that there are things that need to be happening. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I, I, and I, I love the fact that you do it with your own flair, though. Like, I think somewhere you said that you, you're like, you're a showgirl suffragette. Your alter ego is a showgirl suffragette. And I think I'm like, that's it. Like, you can be creative and fight back. Bummer white lady suffragette, which most of the white lady suffragettes at the time were. So, no to that. But, you know, I've always had some showgirl in me for sure. So, but even when I like, I love the fact that, you know, you're the type of person that puts, you know, stop Kavanaugh on your arm in places. It, you do that. And so, what have you found uh, for you kind of an adjusting because you are you are constantly at events and you are constantly working with people and building and growing like the, your work with the citizens band, your work with the resistance revival chorus. Like how have you been adjusting while being able to support social distancing and at least family isolation in the last couple of days? Yeah. Um, on the family side of it, um, 
you know, I, I think our kids definitely have moments of being frustrated and certainly my almost teenage daughter really misses her friends right now. Um, you know, and that's where, you know, we are lucky. There's certainly a lot of, um, kids in New York that don't have access to the internet and certainly the internet is saving us right now and the internet is a privilege. So, um, you know, what they've been doing is digital zoom classes, digital play dates, um, digital dance parties. My middle, I have three kids and my middle child just came into the room right before I got on with you. And he's like, mom, we just had the best zoom, like, play date or you know conference that we've had in the last week and a half and i was like well what made it different and he said you know peep that that um this i think it was for school so the school had like broken them down into working groups which every organizer knows about a working group um and so there were fewer people but he said that what he's noticed in the last week is that kids are really learning how to listen to each other and and that they weren't talking over each other and that they all decided that one way they could be more focused on each other was by changing their names, you know, like in Zoom and and that you had to and keep changing the names. So they kept having to call each other different names, but it forced them to focus and to read and to really pay attention to the person. And I was like, listen, if you, you know, and, and I'm seeing that on conference calls across the board, like you can't talk over people, you can't shout over people, you have to wait until someone's finished talking, you unmute yourself and you get on and, you know, if, I know that wasn't the question you asked, but I was just thinking about like, if the upshot is that we learn how to be a little more patient and listen to each other more in this moment, like that's something I'd like to take with me back into the world when we get back into the world. And then what was the question? I'm sorry, I'm the worst. No, I was, no, I think that, I think that was an amazing actually kind of antidote and kind of thinking about this new Zoom, Skype, uh, video con world that we live in now, which requires us to have a higher level of attention, even though we're being stimulated by the screen in front of us. And it's just a different situation I think many of us have ever kind of been in, unless mm -hmm you're a freelancer and you do like, this is what you do all the time. Yeah. I mean, work wise, and I'm wondering how it is for you. Um, it's not that different, you know? I mean, I do, I don't work from home every day, but you know, I, I spend huge numbers of days every week working from home. And so on that end, it doesn't feel that different. And certainly, um, you know, when you're organizing, a national day of action or a national march or whatever it is, you you do do most of your um, meetings on video because we're not all in the same states. So on that side of it, it feels different. Um, I mean, it feels the same. And then, you know, the difference is, uh, you know, when I get into a real doomsday scenario, like, okay, um, what if, what happens if, you know, there's problems with the, you know, inevitably there's going to be some sort of problems with the election. What if we can't get mail-in ballots for everybody? What if Trump refuses to leave office? How do you organize a mass, you know, civil disobedience or a mass action when things like that happen? And I don't know the answer to that yet. We'll figure it out, though. <laughs>
because that's what we do. And I love that because you, the other thing that I know about you, this is the, your, your aerialist, aerialist skills and your activism are both a family affair. Like we had just discussed that you had just put up the aerialist equipment behind you because your kids were like, I need something to do. And in my head, I'm like, man, my mother would never let me hang from anything in her household. But your kids are really, like your kids are actually extremely amazingly talented at it. Um, but I feel like, you know, as, as are you. Yeah. Well, um, you know, I mean, the rule, you know, and I think a lot of people, parents and just people have been thinking like, okay, I have to exercise. We are, you know, we've taken a really hard line over here. So we are not going out for walks. We are not going to the park. We are not jogging. We have been in this house for, I think, like 12 days now. Um but we do have like a, a small patio and a small backyard and that too is a privilege and that too has been saving our lives on the nice days. But you know, on days like yesterday it was raining, I was like, let's go nuts on the lira, which is the round hoop, as long as nobody hurts themselves because the last thing we want to do is end up at the hospital like big dummies who like broke a leg <laughs> doing trapeze inside. That would be dumb. Ooh, you're not supposed to do trapeze inside. I I, I don't know what no, you mean. I always do trapeze inside. I'm a I don't do flying trapeze. So I do it. So inside. for those who may not be familiar with this, I know this is just a fun tidbit. Can you explain exactly what an aerialist is? And for those who may be new and they're like, what's the difference between trapeze? and what you do i don't understand like explain the art. It's static so like for example when you see um like in cirque du soleil it's mostly um aerial dance and and i'm probably not even using the right language i am really uh, still a novice even though i've been doing this for like 18 years or something like that um but what i do is static trapeze and it's really based on um dance. I was a dancer. I took, I was very serious and was at a, you know, San Francisco ballet for, um, till I was like 15. And then I discovered like music and dating and it was over, but, um, and alcohol and all the things, but, um, but yeah, so I just sort of like segued from dance into aerial stuff but it's just dance like I don't go very high I don't swing like what you see on the west side highway with people swinging I don't do that I'm too scared um I've actually done that before it's a lot of fun but it takes tra doing trapeze is one of my one of my like my secret private joys whenever I get a chance to go to the school in in a harness with the see, net I, am. I don't do that shit too scary um, I would happily do one of these once we're once we're released. I would love to um, take you and and do a static aerial class together. It's a date. Done. done. I also think there is, um, and I kind of want to talk about the health impacts, right? Like there is a substantial health impact that although people are like, well, New Yorkers don't talk to anybody anyway. Also, not true. Um, <laughs> so not true. Horrible stereotype. Um, there is the sociological impact that folks have, um, which disallows this this kind of conversation of the health impacts of going. Yes, this is a date 
on the other side of this. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that that is something that is one of those coping mechanisms a lot of us are, are doing right now. Are there things for you that you feel like you are instituting out, you know, outside of no one breaking a leg uh, to kind of keep a, a healthy, grounded balance within all of this right now? Yeah, I mean, I think a loose structure makes a lot of sense right now. So, you know, for example, if if there's parents out there, you know, we're still getting the kids up before nine for school. Um, breakfast is happening, um, you know, and then it is, you know, it is amazing. I think um, our teenagers like doing everything herself. She doesn't, le- she doesn't need a lot of help, like. She's just, she knows how to work her classes. She's doing her homework and that's a real gift. And I'm really grateful for that. And then the younger guys, you know, we're helping navigate the online stuff and our littlest um, kid, we are mostly having to, um, you know, school him in person. Although there are some like videos and stuff like that, that his teachers are sending over. And so we're all sort of taking turns, including our friend Amina, who's staying with us. She taught our six-year-old today, which was really sweet. They made a dinosaur on the floor. But, you know, we have lunch together. We, um, at, at four o'clock, the kids, everyone can do whatever they want from like four to six, you know, and, the, and that involves them being on the screens or whatever the heck they want to do. Then we have dinner. We have been playing board games or card games after dinner. If we have time, we watch a movie, you know, um, and, you know, on Saturday, we know it's going to be raining. Not that it really makes a difference, but we're going to do some sort of film festival. I, I mean, I think like for, for, for our collective mental health over here, what has really been working is to check in with each other. And, um, you know, when meltdowns occur, allow the meltdowns to occur. Don't try to talk anyone out of a meltdown. And, um, and then just like a little bit of structure. So we know what to expect every day. That's some sound advice on the meltdown part. Yeah. I mean, I've had plenty of meltdowns already. I don't know about you, but sometimes you just need to like go into a corner by yourself and scream it out, cry it out, yell it out, whatever. Hide under a blanket, you know, (laughs) play some video games. I get it. Um, that's kind of my therapy. Like I, I, I try my best at the end of the night to just shut everything off, put the phone down, um, because work is still happening, right? Like for a lot of us who have that privilege, Mm -hmm. have that ability to continue working, work is still happening. And you actually, I I don't know if a lot of folks know this, you have a dual creative household. (laughs) Um, uh, a lot of folks that we've talked to, um, they have a partner, but their partner does something a little different or, you know, their partner is a scientist or, you know, their partner is in, in, in another form. But you have a dual creative household. Um, have you found that that's taken a little bit more finagling or is it just kind of seamlessly working? No, because we all do different things. You know, my my husband is a director, um, a film director. And I mean, the whole sort of process on how the different industries when they shut down and when they decided to shut down was really interesting to me. So his definitely lagged a bit behind the political activist art space. Um, And then our friend who's staying with us is a writer and um, a podcaster and stuff like that. So 
if we were smart, we'd be producing a show or something right now, but that's not what we're doing. But, you know, um, because we all have different skills, like what my husband does when he needs um, some self-soothing is he bakes bread. So when we knew that we were about to like lock it all down, him and his best friend each got something like from a bread place, not from a grocery store, like some, you know, a baking hub. I don't know. I don't bake, but they got- You are just confessing right now how little you bake, friends. I just don't want people to think we're hoarding flour because I'll tell you what he's been doing. We have like 30 pounds of flour over here and he's been baking bread. And then we've been, you know, contacting our various neighbors and leaving a loaf out for them. I really recommend, I mean, I mean, I do think one thing that's true about New York, I've lived in a few different cities. Um, New Yorkers aren't always great at knowing our neighbors. And this experience has really like brought our little block closer together. And, um, you know, I really got to know our 80 something year old um, neighbor who lives next door with her dog. I've really gotten to know our other neighbors who have a, an autistic kid and, you know, have needed some just like emotional support and bread. <laughs> and then we have another friend across the street who, you know, we made pizza one night and we left her like a half a pizza and she ran over and got it. Um, and that's been really nice. And I really recommend it if people haven't been doing that. You know, there's plenty of easy ways to reach out to your neighbors and um, most people are doing okay, but some people need a little help. And if you can be the person to provide it, it feels really good in this moment. It feels really good to be helpful, I think. So um, yeah, he's been baking a lot and that's been his sort of creative outlet. He's also been, he's making like a quarantine diary. So he's been taking pictures of all the weird things we've been doing. Been doing a lot of family dance parties a lot of family exercising together. We came up with a whole calisthenics routine up and down our stairs. <laughs> I mean, I love that because it's it's another form of being creative. It's another outlet to, to kind of go out. The other thing, and I know we were talking about this before we hopped on the live, you know, who are you listening to? What are you reading? Are, are you making time to consume? Who are you supporting if there's any artists out there um, that are doing, uh, doing work right now? Um. Okay, so the one thing I, and I think you'll find this as you interview more people, the people who um, either have older kids or don't have kids, like I'm seeing a lot of like wonderful back and forth about what people are reading, what they're watching, you know, um, what how meditation, exercise, all this stuff. I have never been more busy. So like there, I've not been I, as much as I have this huge stack of books, I would eventually like to get to. I don't think this is going to be the time where that happens. We have not really been able to watch too many TV shows or anything like that. Um, I've been seeing so many like amazing um, mutual aid organizing. So for example, um, Paula and Michael, who I work with a lot have. And that's uh for those who may not know that, is that Michael Skolnick and yeah. Paola Mendoza? I was like, I was like, which Paola? Because I was like, there's there's two that came to mind. Like so many Paolas in our community. Um, so they, Soze, and I'm happy to send this as well. Have started um, sort of a fund 
for artists and freelancers, you know, because they're just getting hit so hard with all this. Um, Brad Lander, who's one of our local representatives, has a great newsletter that I really recommend everyone sign up for that has all sorts of you know, how to talk to your landlord about your rent if you can't pay your rent this month, how to, um, uh, you know, how to help collect masks if you have the capacity to do that, um, you know, funds for uh, frontline workers. There's, uh, he's a wealth of good information on his uh, newsletter, and I really recommend people sign up for it. Um, Working Families Party has been doing great work. I mean, I've just been seeing people really come together and rise up and uplift the people that need to be uplifted right now. And that's always a really heartening, beautiful thing to see. So if you have any recommendations for folks who are kind of sitting at home and they're figuring out how do we get involved? How do I make this step? And, and we will definitely like add those links into the podcast version of the show and put it into future posts so that folks can be able to follow any of that. So if you want to send those links to me a hundred percent for those who are at home, who are trying to figure out how do I help? How do I give back? Like what are some recommendations right now uh, for ways they can do that? I mean, there's so many, there's, there's so much need right now. Um, and it's not all financial if that's not, you know, something that's viable and it's not for a lot of people right now. Um, something that cropped up really early was um, it's called Invisible Hands. And um, it's not something I can participate in, but it's something that I can donate, you know, have donated to. Um, that is people who are basically it's just a little website. And if you are somebody who needs a food delivery or help getting to the doctor or whatever, there's a whole slew of volunteers who are um, responding to those needs, invisible hands. Um, there's so much going on there that, uh, you know, I mean, I know I have a lot of friends who are fashion designers and they're all, you know, right now helping make the mask covers and scrubs. There's people who have 3d printers and they're making, face shields and goggles and all the, you know, because we're so limited in our, um, in our PPE, you know, protective gear for health, health workers, doctors, nurses. Um, gosh, there's, I mean, I've been inundated, so I'm happy to just send you a bunch of stuff. Send you a bunch of links. We'll make sure we put these links, um, in the, in the, in the actual blog post that'll be on my website. But we'll also make we make sure we put it in the post uh, when we do the podcast to, uh, release tomorrow because uh, I think it's great because I really I think people forget that organizing is a form of creation and is creating a system to give back and do things in a way that is trying to do creative problem solving. Mm -hmm. And I think you know organizers and activists have really risen to the occasion because there's almost like too much you know it's like I, I my mind is going blank because I've seen so much of it um the one thing just like on a just sort of mental health note that I've actually found really helpful the one thing I am reading every day is the Johns Hopkins COVID newsletter mm. um and I'm and I you know what I was noticing early on was there was just a lot of um unchecked information, disinformation that was getting passed around. And so one promise I made to myself is, of course, to always check the source. But then I realized 
like their newsletter tells me everything I need to know without getting panicked and it's and it's represented in a very clear way. Sometimes it's scary, but mostly it's just facts. And I think, you know, that's sort of that's sort of the information we need right now. It's just facts from people who know what they're talking about. We are not watching the White House press conferences at all. Like those have been banned. <laughs> um, and I think the news shouldn't be uh shouldn't be putting those out either. Um, you know, stuff like that. I just think if you can find a source of information that tells you what you need to know without making you feel panicked or anxious, that's a good place to keep going for your information. I love it. Okay. So for folks um, who want to follow you, folks who want to find out more information about what you're doing, uh, tell the folks who are watching where they can find uh, you on the interwebs you're the best. I just want to be asking you a lot of questions. I'm always like, <laughs> um, I am at Sarah Sophie F on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I'm not on Facebook that much, although I did. A, a, one thing that was actually really useful that I did yesterday was I have a friend named Coco who lives in the Lombardy region of Italy. And, you know, we've been in contact a lot, but she's in one of the most hard hit towns. So we did an Instagram live and she basically, she's also hilarious. It's on my Facebook right now and I made it public because I couldn't figure out how to keep it on Instagram because I'm not a tech wizard. But, um, but you know, she had a lot of really important information and I think a lot of hard facts on sort of where we're heading in the next few weeks, especially in New York. Um, so I can make, I can make that available to you as well. And she did it in a way that was not too startling, you know, as most, and she's also hilarious. But, um, yeah, so that's where I am, uh, Sarah Sophia. And then our resistance revival chorus nights are for now on Saturdays at nine, and you can go to any platform and find our information there. And then I would say for the rally on Sunday, go to the working families party for information, although move on and, you know, all the big orgs are involved as well. I love it. Thank you so much for making time today. And, and look how serious my family took it. Nobody's coming here. The whole, it's amazing. I wanted to be the guy. Remember the guy who was like, the one that ran behind his wife while she was behind. They've let me down. I listened and followed directions too well. I was entirely expecting a flash mob of children look i guess they respect my work look at it's that. it's very interesting i do have to shout out my family right now um they know the times of the show and it's like the house goes from being like quiet to being silent it's so so lovely of them it's really like a, it's a really generous act on all our family's parts we love you guys we I love you and I love your family and I love my family and love to all the families out there. And please tell Amina I said hello. I will. I will. She's probably upstairs being very productive right now. <laughs> Talk to you soon. That was so fun. Thank you. Creative Quarantine is hosted by Angelique Rocher. It's produced by Angelique Rocher, Sarah Storm, and Matt Storm. Our logo is designed by Aaron Leffler. 
New streaming episodes are available Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday at 3 p.m. Eastern and Tuesdays at 2 p.m. Eastern on AngeliqueRocher.com forward slash creative quarantine. Podcasts are made available the morning after each live streamed episode wherever you get your podcasts. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts and visit us on Instagram at creative.quarantine and Twitter at creativequeteen. Please send this to a friend who needs a little artistic company and stay at home if you possibly can. We'll see you soon. Have you ever wondered how your favorite performer actually feels? Well, here's your chance. Welcome to The Quiet Part Out Loud with me, Bobby Steggert, Broadway actor and now a therapist to a whole host of Broadway creatives. Part interview, part therapy, this is not your typical podcast. We'll go right to the heart of things with some of your favorite artists, what they still struggle with, what lessons they've learned, what they haven't figured out yet. There's enormous power in saying the quiet part out loud. Are you listening? Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.